that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. It's Cheltenham of course, day one has just finished. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello Dino. How are you Dermot? All good, all good. Tough, tough day Dean, tough day. Tough day, tough day for many. Uh, I'm sure plenty of you out there made a few quid. We must give a shout out to a couple of people we met on the course today. Actually, it was a few of you. Don't remember all your names, I'm afraid. Lee from Leeds and the Aberdeen boys. We'll Aberdeen boys, yeah. And they had one friend from Perth that couldn't make it that they wanted us to uh, to mention as well. Yeah, I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. But, was... but we've done it now. So, uh, yeah, uh, where are you? I think that was what it was that all was about. Was, yeah. yeah, look, the inside jokes are out the way now. Okay, so day one at the Channel Festival is done, Dermo. Um, we got to start with the Supreme uh, Constitution Hill. Uh, what was that? Unbelievable. And Dean, as, as I'd said in the previous show and everything else, he, he needed to be a freak on all trends and everything else to do it, and he is exactly that. It was the ability to speed up and get to Dysart Dynamo and John Bon and then go again. And two out, there was a moment where you thought maybe John Bon, but no, it was just over very, very quickly. He's just an absolute freak. Second that, I, that has to be up there with the best Supreme I've ever seen. Has to be. Like, there's been some superior performances from some very good animals in that, but the quality of the field, they were all beat three out. There was three horses in it. Dysart Dynamark goes, sadly. Uh, and then we're left with two. And you think, well, John Bond's going to at least, this is going to be a battle. And there was no battle. No, it was over. No, it was just over. It was an absolutely phenomenal performance. And I really do hope that Michael Buckley backs up what he said on Racing TV, that he might go to punch himself to take on... Honeysuckle this season. Yeah, like I love Honeysuckle. We all love Honeysuckle and we'll come to her. But uh, you might want a quiet day off and just watch Constitution Hill run around Punchestown. But I don't know. That was the Supreme. Uh, then we got the Arkle and um, yeah, I was dead against Edward Stone, I have to say. But um, when I got the job done and done it really, really well. Jumped very clever. Got a Tom Cannon ride that I didn't think he was going to do, which was be patient and wait for the right time. And then when he went clear, the right horse won the race. Yeah, and there's no complaints. Well, I was completely against him as well. A good few of us on the podcast were. Uh, just thought that the UK form was poor, but you just, you just can't question it. He was by far the best horse in the UK and he was by far the best horse in that race as well, did. And we questioned a bit of uh, Gavin Cromwell mathematics with the supplementary entry of Gabby Nacco, but they got that right. Huge run under a uh, friend of the race, our Keith Dunhu. Absolutely huge performance. Uh, great ride. And uh, yeah, Gavin Cromwell, he's, uh, his strike rate at Cheltenham is, is quite phenomenal, really. Yeah, when he, when he turns them up for it, they generally come absolutely finely tuned. As we know, and Gabby Nacco did that and justified uh, the supplementary entry. Um, Blue Lord back in third. Then we got to the old Tima, handicap chase, as I call it. And uh, yeah, Coroach Rambler doing the business for Lucinda Russell. A uh, little bit of a heartbreak for yourself, Demo. Yeah, that hurt. Um, Oscar Leet and Jericho Rock were the two that I'd been uh, liking for quite a while for this. Oscar Leet was meant to be going for the Kim Mirror and he got switched to this and he looked a winner two out. He was travelling all over them. Jericho Rock battled them out. out. I thought I had the reverse forecast, caught Dean, and then Coroach Rambler comes up between the two of them. Uh, Amazing ride, brilliant performance, great to see Lucinda Russell with a winner, but yeah, that one did hurt. Yeah, yeah, I was congratulating you at the last, but that's what Cheltenham does, isn't it? That running is long, and in fairness, Corridge Rambler got there a little bit before the end and, and cleared away. Cleared so away again, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least it wasn't you know, a head bob or something done you, which is uh, would be worse. Uh, let's move on to, uh, well, the queen of the Race Hour podcast. Her name is Honeysuckle. Uh, she was at her imperious best, perhaps actually, probably 
could be even be better than that if she can be bothered. She doesn't have to. No, when she jumps the last now, she, she she doesn't go away like she was last season. Um, as Paddy Aspel would say, she's just getting smarter in her old age. Uh, she's doing what she has to do. Her jump of the last has got way better as well. That was a, that was an unbelievable jump of the last. But, Very clean, yeah. Yeah, but she's uh, she's just buried him three out. You could see it. Appreciate it as as David Mullins and all of them said in our preview night. Just it was a kind of a crazy tactic to go straight there, and just he just didn't have the legs for her. He's a horse that will go up and trip. He's a brilliant career in front of him, but um, honeysuckle. She's just different gravy. We saw a friend of the pod um, around this time at Cheltenham, uh, Steve Ryder, of course, and he was making the point that now the pressure builds and it continues to build, doesn't it, on Rachel and Honeysuckle to remain unbeaten and what that must be like getting into the into the saddle knowing that, what is it, 18, 19, 20, how far can she actually go? Um, I don't know, the, is the pressure off now too, Chapman Hurdle? She doesn't need to win again ever, does she? I mean, No, they- no, she's done it twice. If she sours now, a lot of mares have soured, like Apple's Jade and stuff, you know, like she, it could happen to her, but she's just so straightforward and honest that she'll just keep going. But she, she'll probably be beaten eventually, but it's hard to see by who. Yeah, it is. Even though Epiton and Nicky Henderson obviously had a great day at the office with his runners on day one, uh, ran a huge race in second. The mare's coming to the fore there. Zana here, I thought, ran a big race in third as well. Uh, a remarkable 28 to 1, but that's when you've got the power of the mares in front of you. Uh, that's what can happen. That was the champion hurdle. Uh, coming on to the mares hurdle demo. Uh, tell me something, girl. Right in the van, travelling well, out on the wide outside, staying out of trouble, we thought. Yeah, and it was uh, that was that was the, the source of all. She was my... My biggest punt, Pat Fancy, was the was the fun horse for the season, but she was the one that I was really confident on all year for the Mayor's Hurdle. Um, I, I just thought it was how far. I thought the fact that Rachel took a pull, jumping the hurdle beforehand, and then she just kind of went up the outside. She went up the outside to try and avoid trouble, and, exactly, that's, where, yeah. and that's where she met it. Yeah. Um, indefatigable. Yeah, look, it was a horrible incident, um, but it's just one of those things you have to... You have to swallow it. Tough day, made really tougher by that. But look, you have to move on. Yeah, and Marie's Rock was the one to go and tough out in the finish. Actually, and Dean, in fairness to you, you, you mentioned Marie's Rock a long time for this race. And, for the and Coral the Cup, Cup, the Coral yeah. Cup's going to win the Coral Cup. I've been saying it all season. And of course, they when they went to the Mayors, obviously, I, I got involved with the Mayors. But I actually thought this was the tougher race. Um, it's, a, it's a shame she didn't go for the Coral Cup. That would have been that would have been gravy. Um, but no, she's gone and won it. And uh, a horse that always threatened to be top, top class has now gone and got, of course, a grade one at the Cheltenham Festival uh, Connections. Uh, Midland Park, isn't it? We'll be absolutely yeah. delighted with that. Queensbrook, big run in second. Uh, Mrs. Milner staying on for third, and that was the Mayor's Hurdle, uh, the final grade one on the day. Then we got to the Boodles, and um, I tell you, some sore heads out there, Damo, about this Gaelic Warrior. The talking horse of the meeting, the new unsinkable boxer, the uh, the handicapper's mistake, which we actually found out wasn't a mistake. Um, the, the mistake came when drifting to the car park at the last. Yeah, and drifted a good few times, though, Yeah, as well around. Um, an unbelievable run, really, when you look at it, but... Yeah, just that, that jumping right really did, did cost him and Paul Townend couldn't do a whole lot more. He, he kept it as simple as he possibly could, but you could just see as the pace started lifting, he was just going more and more right. And that jump at the last to finish as close as he did to a very good horse like Brazil shows that, yeah, he was very well handicapped and it's just one of those things, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I can't help think that one run somewhere, just even if it was in a, a very hot race, not changed the mark too much, might have got Gaelic Warrior home on the day, but that's the chance they took. That's, that is the chance they took. When they saw the mark, they decided to kind of keep it going. And look, it's a it's a head or short head or whatever it was. It's a, it's a sore one to take. Yeah, so I want to take and lots of people, of course, I'm sure listening to this even on at decent prices. Um, unfortunately for them, Gaelic Warrior just getting pipped. Brazil, of course, your winner for Pori Roach and Mark Walsh in those JP McManus colours. Bellex won and HMS Seahorse filling the places there. Then we got onto the National Hunt Chase. Um, I was delighted with this race demo, but clearly um, 
the tactics were changed on Pat's fancy, and we were all hoping, as a race hour conglomerate that we are, that we get a big run for our money. Yeah, it was strange tactics, but it, look, it it just didn't matter. He was completely outclassed, uh, but it was strange that they decided to bring him backwards this time when he'd been front running all season. It, it just seemed strange, but anyway. It just doesn't matter. He was completely outclassed. Uh, the Welsh national dream kicks on now. But um, yeah, just one of those things. He he was put firmly in his place by what was two brilliant horses in front. And Statler, um, I said that he'd proven that he stayed at last time. And he just improved as the race went on. His jumping was scratchy to begin with. Jumping on, that was amazingly impressive. It was a brilliant performance. Yeah, it was. And actually, you were right about the scratchy jumps. I think Patrick was very clever not to try and do too much with Statler over the first, I don't know, half a mile or a mile where there were some scratchy leaps. Uh, once the jumping got into gear, those low and fast and slick and um, really they could have run that in the Brown Advisory, the RSA, I think, and it would have gone very close. Unbelievably close, yeah. Really, really. Um, and you have to say, the, the Irish, you know, they filled the frame there. That was a decent race. Statler run well, Fred, and Vanillier, who jumped nothing. No, Vanillier, he just it. can't jump. He just can't jump. Yeah, yeah. Well back in third, but still uh, picking up some prize money for the Cromwell team. So that was uh, day one. Uh, performance of the day, Honeysuckle. Don't honeysuckle has to be, yeah. yeah honeysuckle. Uh, Constitution Hill as well, though, was just frightening, but... In fairness, yeah, for... I just said honeysuckle out of kind of you know default, but yeah, yeah Constitution, Constitution Hill, Hill probably is the performance of the day. Right? I think I watched the race back three or four times in stunned silence as how good it was on the lawn. Oh, unbelievable, like, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, fascinating stuff. Okay, um, that was day one. Right on to day two. This will not take long because most people know what we already like, but there are a few uh, changes in the mix. Got to kick off with the Ballymore demo. Uh, so Gerhard's going to go off what six to four on with fans, but I think. Um, <sighs> Can anything beat Sagard in the Ballymore? They made the right decision to miss Constitution Hill in the Supreme. I guarantee that that was the right decision. Yeah, I think there's a free bet to nothing, or there's an each way bet to nothing here, which is Journey With Me. Um, I think last time like that, he was there for the run um, and he needed the experience. He, we know now that he can take a pull. He'll be staying all day. Sir Gerard could just have too much toe for him being a Jeremy. This, this race will, will really suit him now on the good ground as well. But Journey With Me, I really like him. I think he's He's an excellent horse. This is a another excellent horse race with like a stage star and three star life behind. You think there's depth in it. You do. I do, but I think Sir Gerard is clear, obviously. Um, but journey with me for me, he will improve an awful lot. And I just think the way that Henry's horses did go, uh, bar the Arkle, they ran very very well. So I'd be um. I'd be sticking with Journey with me here each way. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if Paddy Aspel was on this podcast. Sadly, he's not. That uh, What Do You Want would be mentioned, of course, for Danny Mullins and Willie Mullins. That's a big price. Currently 18 to 1. Uh, I like Three Stripe Life to chase home Sagerha, but that's what you're trying to find, I think, something to chase home uh, Sagerha. Jenny, for me, uh, for you, Demo. The next race on the card, of course, is the, uh, well, the old RSA, the Brown Advisory Chase. Um, I don't need to tell too many people that I'm very hopeful Brave Man's Game now has a bit of a penalty kick in store, but is it that, Demo? Is it that? Uh, Possibly not. Um, I really like. I, I like him. I, I actually, for some reason, had in my head that he was a much shorter price than he is. Um, Eleven to four with fans bet right now, and been on the drift. Um, we're pretty. Well, I think nine to four, five to two, eleven to four, and continuing to go that way. Uh, there isn't a lot of confidence about it. Although Paul Nichols had Bellex one run okay today, he didn't have a lot of darts to fire. This is his big gun. Yeah, no, his, uh, his stable form really wouldn't be a concern at all. Um, yeah, no, it's it's just. It's a better race than I actually thought it was, really. Long Press is a horse that has just been improving all season. A high seniors as raw as anything, but Cheltenham might just suit him very well. Uh, Capadano is, he definitely has to get involved in this. Uh, but I'm happy to go 20 to 1 here on, um, on Dusart. I think he has a bit of a chance. And uh, 
for a horse going finally going left-handed, which is his his correct way to go. I just think there could be a small bit in him. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Dusart. Nicky Henderson's horse is obviously going so well on day one. Uh, this horse has an engine and a half. He'll be going the right way round this time, and uh, you'd have to think he's going to run a big race. But you're right, the race maybe is deeper than the thought. Sometimes you get the blinkers on. Been on Brave Man's game all season, and now I look at it and go, got Lom Hess looking for a um, a five time. You've got a Hoy Senor who obviously wasn't suited by the Kempton run. Uh, Capadano is a lot of work for that. Beacon Edges in there. Farrick Delaney got so close to Statler. Um, Fury Road, the list goes on. Three under three five wouldn't be out of this. It's actually a hotter race, I think, than it looked. Maybe Willie Mullins was right to go and take on Bob Ollinger with Calabin de Champs, and this is an absolute turnover. Um, I'll be sticking with Brave Man's game, though, Dermo, as I'm sure uh, everyone would be aware uh, listening to this. And moving on to the Coral Cup. What do we like now that we know what the actual declarations look like, Dermo? Yeah, this is a really tough race. Um, unbelievably tough. It's just, you've got, obviously... And the Cora Cup, they go a million, and you've got so many horses in here that are even all the way down to like the Call Me Lord. They're thirty-three to one. He he'd have a chance. Commander Fleet would have a chance. It's just a very very good race. Um, the two I like are Champagne Gold, who I think has been out in the wilderness since his brilliant performance at the Leperstone uh, Dublin Racing Festival last year, when he was just touched off by Drop the Anchor. Yeah, he was given Drop the Anchor that day six pounds, um, and was literally just beaten. And on this occasion now, it, it's completely flipped. So whilst Drop the Anchor is obviously um, very, very interesting and could be very well handicapped, I just think Champagne Gold is a bit more in him. Um, with the kind of the way turnover there, it does show that he's, he's dropped down quite a lot there. Uh, this is a race for the Irish. I do think uh, the Irish handicap hurdlers seem to be ahead. Um, but we will obviously wait and see that. But uh, it seems to be the case. But at 18 to 1 or so, I think um, uh, Champagne Gold in for me. Yeah, Champagne Gold. I think 22 to 1 right now with fans bet if you want to get involved with Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore's uh, Champagne Gold. I give a couple of shout outs to the podcast friends of ours, of course. Dave Jennings, massively fond of Camprond. I uh, hope that runs well for Philip Hobbs because that'd be a good luck. angle into Time Hill for later in the week. You do would like to see a couple of his run well this week. And Gal Road, who was a massive fancy for Fryboy on the podcast um, in the run up to Cheltenham, uh, in there at 11 to 1 with fans bet. Now, I had a big view on this race, of course, and it was Marie's Rock, <laughs> but that is gone. And uh, she obviously went for the mares. I don't have a big view in the race other than that. I would keep an eye on Ganapathy. I was talking to Brian Hayes during the week um, for work, of course, and you can read his column um, on the website. But um, I thought he was very sweet on the idea that Ganapathy could actually make amends for a disappointing run at the festival uh, last year. And I think they do think a lot of that. William Mullins currently 18 to 1 uh, for the Coral. Right, let's move on then, of course. And it's time, I think, if I've got the order right, for the champion chase. Shiskin, Energimine, Chacun Poursois, uh, Nubre Negger, Envoir Allen is a, is a fly in the ointment, perhaps for some who have longer memories than most. Uh, put the kettle on back to, to um, well, try and retain the title. Uh, Funan Bola Savola is a very um, enterprising entry from Venetia. Um, Politologue is here, Damo. Yeah, um, it's actually not a race. I will be wasting a whole pile of time on Dean. Uh, I just think Shishkin wins. I know in Urge, I mean, um he has every chance, obviously. He jumped from the front, but I just think Shishkin's clear of them. Yeah, um, I wonder if he might touch even money demo. Five to six currently with fans bet is Shishkin and Urge. I mean, they've got 100 to 30. Six to one Shaka and Poursois, which looks a bit of an each way steal if you're still uh, in the Shakun camp. And there's 12 to one bar, though. They don't fancy much else. Yeah, I, I don't see Shishkin touching even myself, but if he was, I, I'd be backing him. Um, but it's, yeah, I just I don't see how or why he would, to be honest. 
I'm surprised he's not shorter. I think he's clearly the best horse in the race. I think everything uh, that could have gone wrong and could have gone right, vice versa for Enerjamin, the last time uh, they raced against Shishkin, uh, put Shishkin well on top here. But Chacron Poursois is a bit of a fly. Um, I'll be interested to see how it goes. Again, probably not a race. I'll be getting too involved in, but geez, I can't wait to watch the champion chase. Um, onto the cross country. That, like I said on the pod a few weeks ago, demo, even seeing Tiger Roll at the top of the market caught me by surprise. It'll catch me more by surprise now. I think it's 13 to 8 favourite uh, to win another cross country chase. Last day at school, it was said on the TV for Tiger Roll, this will be it. Um, it would be something else. Actually, 7 to 4 with fans bet. It'd be something else if it go, pulls the curtain down the career and wins this. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. It's not a race that I'm going too mad on, but it's uh, or getting involved in at all. I think it's one of those races, kind of like Honeysuckle today, where you're just cheering on a, a legend of our game, and I really hope that uh, Tiger Roll does it. Yeah, fascinating to see Delta Work uh, tackle this, and of course Gordon Elliott's got the first two in the bet, and Delta Work is 6-1. to uh, Pengard is still in here at 15-2, to two. and one I am going to back and it goes against the idea of a kind of a, you know, the miracle end to Tiger Roll's career, is plan of attack. And I know it's got it all to do with the weights. I just thought it shaped lovely over these, um, over this unique course a couple of times so far. Uh, Dara Kiefer ride that for Henry de Bromen. It's a 20 to 1 as a token uh, bet for me. But I will be having that, of course, in the cross country. We all wish Tiger Roll all the very best. Now, we're on to the Grand Annual. Um, a horse I spoke about on the preview night demo is now rocketed into favouritism. What has happened here? Andy Dufresne is 13-2 to two favourite with fans bet to win the Grand Annual. Some task off the, the welter burden it's going to carry. Yeah, they clearly just think he's, he's obviously a graded horse here, masquerading as a handicapper. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to see. You know, he's 17 lengths behind Monkfish last year at Leperstown and then you've got kind of other form, but obviously he's improved all around them well, he's a great, um, he is a grade one horse and always thought of at the top table kind of horse I think AP he's McCoy he's a, a grade three horse yeah but, but a, I'm pretty sure Amy McCoy said at some point that this is a horse that can go for gold cups in the future and obviously this isn't anything like a gold cup trip and they've had to reassess everything including probably the level uh, that they all thought he was but uh, 11 stone 11 at 13 to 2 I like the horse but I'm put off by the price now yeah 100% and look he's to give 7 pounds to my fancy uh, before midnight uh, who's had a, who has a tremendous strike rate this season just like Sam Thomas, like an absolutely amazing breakthrough season, really, for that yard. Uh, Sam Thomas has just been phenomenal all season long. And last time he gave plenty to Fun and Bull Savola, who's, who's going for the champion chase after a brilliant win last time in the game spirit. So yep. um, he's a horse who's who just seems to have a bit more left in him. He's left in that mark of 148, and he's just one of these lovely progressive horses who, who can just carry it on to Cheltenham. But look, this is an unbelievably tough race. It, it's, you know, you're going all, all the way down here to... The likes of Capucci mix at 40 to 1 for Henry de Bromhead. Um, with Jordan Gameford on, who ran a screamer in this very race last season as well. Yep. Uh, so he's another one that I wouldn't be dismissing altogether. Capucci mix might be a small each way bet to have as well. Um, but uh, I think before midnight takes a bit of stopping. Yeah, I wouldn't put you off before midnight. I also have a lot of time for Sam Thomas and Sam Twiston Davis. 12 to 1 currently. Uh, with fans bet for the Grand Annual. I've got to give a mention to the Pocket Rocket demo. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Il Ridotto. Um, the madness of Paul Nichols uh, to, to sling this five-year-old in here. Uh, 20 to 1 with a fans bet at the minute is Il Ridotto. I can't get my head out of there. Uh, can't get the thought out of my head of how good he was when they went and dotted up in that chase earlier on in the season. Then they went to you know graded level and this is a tougher task again. But uh, I'd be delighted to see that run well for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols, And I'll definitely be having a couple of quid each way on Il Rodoto. Although I like Andy Dufresne. I just don't like the price. I feel like I've missed the boat. Uh, we finish... Day two at the Cheltenham Festival with the bumper. Is this uh, a two-horse race demo? Fasil Vega, 11.08, 5-2 American Mike with 
fans bet or is there loads more in here of course there is there's loads more in here but look it's not a race that I'm interested in interesting to see that the Rich Richie uh, bumper horse uh, you can uh, do you want me to have a go I'll have a go Hulan Bator Deshay yeah and he's gone from 25s into 12s right now but no I'm happy to follow in David Mullins uh, on Viva DeVito uh, he was 33 to 1 with Derek O'Connor on board I'm just happy to back that one but it's a the bumper is just not a race that I get involved in Everything. Yeah. Well, anyone wants a couple of minutes of good sport, go check out the preview night when we got to the bumper and, and it all descended into chaos. As uh, Viva DeVito was mentioned, of course, Chris Jones was in the audience. That horse goes straight to Cheltenham was the word. And uh, I think bits of 200 to 100 to 1 were taken uh, on uh, at the preview night that night. 40 to 1 currently, Viva DeVito. And Derek O'Connor, uh, also on the board, obviously, already today, uh, rides that for Willie Mullins in the bumper of the top two um, I would even try and split them I think as I said on the previous night I'm looking forward to seeing Vasil Vega take on American Mike okay that is day two Derma best bet on day two what, what yeah would it be? struggling for this one um, it's it's a day where I'll just have a small few each way bets the day two of the festival is definitely not one that I'm thinking but the one that I'm most confident in in getting close to winning anyway is before midnight in before midnight in the grand annual few. Of course, a lot of my week revolves around Braves Man game. And now I've seen uh, the quality of the field and I've heard you whisper your way through how deep it is. I'm a little bit more concerned than I was. But I think he is Demon reincarnated. He wouldn't need to be as good, of course, yeah, to win that race. Not. He just need to be as good uh, or better than the ones that are in there. We look forward to it. Day two coming your way at the Cheltenham Festival tomorrow. We'll be back, of course, tomorrow evening to do a quick ramble through what has transpired and look at day three. You've been listening, of course, to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet. Do get involved with the bet 10, get 30 on bookmakers.co.uk. Best of luck to everyone.